Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. All right, everybody. Hey, if you want to, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. We're going to finish up our little series here at the Vineyard that we've been doing called God at the Center. Uh, we've been spending the last few weeks saying, like, what are some ways that we can make sure that God stays at the center of our lives? And I wanted to finish up this series by looking at Luke chapter 7, because this is a story of when Jesus is actually at the center. Like, this is a story where Jesus is the guest of honor and some stuff happens. And maybe we'll go ahead and just, um, we'll go ahead and read this scripture uh, this morning, and then we'll, then we'll sort of unpack it. This is Luke chapter 7. It says this, uh, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. And a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there, she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and she poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. By the way, Jesus did know what kind of woman was touching him, right? This is the power of the story. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Well, tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave both of the debts. Now, which one will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus says, you have judged correctly. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. The devil has come into the room in our phones. He's listening to us. Okay, so here we are. Verse 45. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is a great story, by the way. What a great story. Um, here's what I want to start with, though. I want to, I want to talk to you about 
hosting. And in fact, uh, the title of today's message is Hosting the Host. Hosting the Host. We'll start here. Uh, how many of us have ever encountered somebody with a genuine gift of hospitality? Anybody ever run into someone else and that you're like, wow, this person is like, they are genuinely, they have a gift of hospitality. They just, they know how to do the things that put you at ease. And isn't that what a person who has a gift of hospitality does? They, they, spend, they spend their energy making sure that everything can be just right for you. Isn't that right? Like, isn't it? And it's an amazing thing when you encounter it. Sometimes you encounter it at restaurants. Sometimes you encounter it when you go to someone's house, but they've, they've arranged everything. Maybe, maybe they cleaned up the living room, you know? And by the way, we talked about this a bunch here at the vineyard. You know, in order to be a great host, you don't have to clean your whole house. We do, this is what Heather and I do. Just shove it in your bedroom. <laughs> clean the living room, clean the half bath, put some toilet paper out. They think you have it together, right? <laughs> What they don't know is there's a nightmare in your bedroom, right? It's just, it's a, that's how you do it, you know? But, but maybe you go to someone's house and they've done everything. They've just arranged everything. The food is good and there's drinks and everything's ready. And, and not only that, but they're, they're, um, they're conversationalists, you know? You don't feel like you have to carry the conversation. Isn't that a great thing when you don't feel like you have to carry the conversation? When you can just be like, I'm at ease and they're, oh my gosh, they asked me a question, you know? They, they're interested in my life and all of a sudden you get put at ease. And in this atmosphere, have you ever noticed that, that the thing that naturally comes out of it is connection? Isn't that right? Like when there's a spirit of hospitality in the room, people connect. That's what happens. Uh, there are lots of people at this church who have these kinds of gifts. They know how to make others feel like the guest of honor, putting people at ease. They know how to care for people. Um, when I think about when I think about people here at the church who have gifts of hospitality, there are so many actually, but, but I, can't ever, I can't ever not think of Marcus. Isn't that true? Yeah, it's true. If you know Marcus, you know he's going to take care of you. I have to brag on him here just a little bit. Here's, here's the kind of host that Marcus is. If you go to Marcus's house, and by the way, some of you are like, I don't know who Marcus is. That's fine. <laughs> if you hang out here long enough, you eventually will. But if you go to Marcus's house, here's what will happen. Marcus will cook for you. He will cook for you, he will pour you a drink, and he will tell you a story all at the same time. And it's an amazing thing. And if you've ever gone to his house or if you've ever gone to his birthday party, you know that at Marcus's birthday party, he's the one, he's the one who's not getting, not getting served, but he's the one what? Serving. Serving everybody else. And it makes an amazing atmosphere for everybody who's there. Well, that's what today's text is all about. It's about it's about hosting. And I, and I chose it because it's a story in the Gospels where Jesus is literally at the center. Uh, we've been in this series here at the Vineyard called God at the Center. And in today's text, Jesus is at the center because he's been invited over to Simon the Pharisee's house. In fact, this text begins by noting that uh, Simon is a Pharisee. It says that he's a Pharisee three times in about the course of five verses. This is, this is Luke's way of underlining, like, this is a special guy. Like, this is one of the dudes. And he's invited Jesus over. And in fact, if you look at this story, you'll notice that there's only really three characters. There's, there's Simon the Pharisee, there's Jesus at the center, and then there's an unnamed sinful woman, and there's a few other people. But the pr three principal characters are Simon the Pharisee. Read, read for that, like, 
the religious guy, like read for that like super pastor. Or, or in Jesus's day, in Jesus's day, really the Pharisees were the hardcore right-wingers. That's who they were. They were really, really trying to get it right. You know, they sometimes get a bad rap in the gospels, but that's who they were. And so you've got Simon the Pharisee, you've got Jesus, and you've got this unnamed sinful woman. And one way of reading this text would be, it's a story all about what it looks like for Jesus to be the guest of honor or what it looks like for God to be at the center. And we'll just unpack the story maybe here for a minute. Here, here's essentially the story. Simon invites Jesus over and Jesus goes. You know, uh, we, we've said this a million times here at the Vineyard. Uh, every single time that Jesus gets invited anywhere in the gospels, he always goes with them. Like, like one of the things everybody here should be doing all the time is inviting Jesus to go with you everywhere. Like invite him into your life, invite him into your home, invite him into your circumstances. Jesus goes and moves towards invitation. Uh, he, uh, at this point in the gospels, Jesus has already had trouble with Pharisees. They, they like to try to trick Jesus. But here's what's amazing. Simon invites Jesus over and Jesus goes, even though he's already had trouble with Pharisees. Uh, the, the Pharisees, they, they, were, they were really interested in Jesus. And, and sometimes they get a bad rap. And, and I want you to see Simon in, in maybe a slightly more generous light this morning. Um, Simon wasn't necessarily a bad guy per se. He, he did have the sense to invite Jesus over, right? Which is to say, like, he's, there's something about Jesus. Like, he's like, okay, I need to see what this guy is all about. He's trying to figure him out. And then right in the middle of dinner, a woman from the outside goes in and begins to weep, kiss, and anoint Jesus. Now imagine this. Imagine you're hosting a birthday party and someone you did not invite comes into your house, begins to weep, cry, and pour perfume on the birthday boy's feet. What did you say, Aaron? It would be weird. Who agrees with Aaron? It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Like, like even today, even today where a lot of our parties are very much like mixed company, like the social norms about men and women and who gets to touch who and what happens in public and what happens in private, like where it's very much different than the ancient Near East. Everybody here, everybody here agrees that if you're having a birthday party, if you're having a birthday party and someone you didn't invite comes in off the streets, begins to weep and pour perfume on the birthday person's feet. Everybody agrees that would be weird, right? Yeah, it's unanimous. Okay, amplify it by 10, and that's what you have in the Gospels, because not only is it weird, it's like something beyond weird. It's like breaking with every social convention. Like the women were not supposed to hang out with the guys and the women were absolutely not supposed to touch any man who wasn't her husband in public ever, never. Never. And if you were a man, especially if you were a prophet, you wouldn't let this person do this to you because it's just breaking every single social norm. Like everybody's, everybody's mind in the room is exploding. Everyone is exploding. It's scandalous. And so, and so Simon begins to think, well, if Jesus were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him, Right? And what's interesting about this is Jesus is a prophet and he does know and he lets her touch him anyway. Like this is, this is the gospel becoming clearer to us. Uh, even as we read it and he tells this story, he says, Simon, suppose 
couple of people have debts forgiven, you know, and one owes the master a little bit of money and one owes a lot of money and neither can repay and the master's a good person. So he says, you know what? Don't worry about the debts. Who would love more? And Simon says, well, I suppose the one who had more forgiven. And Jesus is like, you're right. And Simon, this woman has wet my feet. You give me no water. This woman has given me honor. You give me no honor. This woman has put perfume on my feet. You didn't even give me oil for my head. Simon, who do you think? Who do you think? I want to talk to you about the guest of honor. This is a story about Jesus at the center. And it's also a story about the fact that the host didn't treat him that way. That's part of what's coming through in this story. Jesus has been invited as a guest, and then the very host who gives the invitation doesn't treat him as though. And here's what's really interesting in this story for me. Simon is the inviter, Jesus is the invited, but the role of host is played by someone who is uninvited. We'll unpack this in a moment. Simon's the inviter, Jesus is the invited, but the true host of this party ends up being someone who wasn't invited, which brings up a couple things for us all in the room this morning. Number one, it's not so much about inviting Jesus into your house. And by the way, house in, in the gospels is another word for your life. You remember that story that Jesus told? Um, maybe you saw it on a little felt board at VBS one time, or, or maybe you saw it on VeggieTales. But one time Jesus told this story. He told this story, he was like, there's two guys, and one guy builds his house on the rock, and another guy builds his house on the sand, and the storms come, right? And the guy who built his house on the sand, what happened? The whole house is gone, right? But the guy who built his house on the rock stood firm, right? How many of you know that when Jesus tells the story about the two guys in their houses and where they build, how many of you understand that when he's talking about the house, he's not talking about the house, he's talking about your life. So anytime you're reading about houses in the New Testament, especially the gospels, especially when Jesus is there, it's never about the home, it's about your life. House is another word for your life. And so the first thing I wanna say this morning is, it's not so much about inviting Jesus into your house or inviting Jesus into your life. It's about actually making him the guest of honor. It's about taking on the role of host, uh, offering, offering something to the person who's given everything. Isn't that what a host does? It's a posture of generosity. And we see it contrasted in this story. Uh, the woman gives expensive perfume. Uh, the woman gives affection. She gives care. Uh, by the way, she's in love with Jesus. And why? Well, she's grateful. She's already picked up on something about Jesus that, he, that he's welcoming to people who are in a real tough spot. We've seen it over and over in the Gospels up to this point. Like, you know, leprosy guy in, in Mark chapter one comes right up to Jesus and says, I know you're able, but are you willing? Jesus reaches out and says, I'm completely willing and touches him. Like the, the word has gotten around that if you're on the outs with society, you're, you're in with Jesus. And so this woman comes in and from a place of gratitude says, you know what? I just, I love Jesus. And I, I wanna give Jesus even, even the treasure that I have, you know? Those, those oils and alabaster jars, it's kind of like, just think the most precious thing you have. Like think, think $50,000, you know? That's basically what she's, that's what she's doing. And it's coming from a place of gratitude because she knows that the very people who have been on the outs, they're now on the ends with this guy who seems to have more authority and more control and more power than anyone 
that we've seen up to this point. You know, you know, when we lose touch of who Jesus is or what he's done for us, we move from being generous and affectionate. We move from being a host and we move towards being the stingy, suspicious Pharisee. That's what this story is about. Like when we lose touch for, of who Jesus is and specifically when we lose touch with what he's actually done for us, you know, and not just the royal us, capital U, but I'm talking about the individuals. Like when I lose touch with who Jesus is for me or, or when I lose touch for what he's done in my life, when I can't really name it anymore, man, I'm in danger of moving away from generous, affectionate host and moving towards stingy, suspicious Pharisee. Okay, practically speaking. Practically speaking, let's just get real nuts and bolts here for a moment. When I come to church, am I coming to bring something to Jesus, small as it might be? Can I at least bring my heart and affection? That's what it means to live with God at the center. You know, when we gather as the church, it means, it means we're, there's this space that's available to us. It's like we're entering into this, this big house and Jesus is gonna be here. And, and the question is, is, am I coming to bring anything? One of, the things, one of the things I've been learning to do is on my way in to church, I'm try, I try to start praying. I try to like not leave the, the driveway without going, I'm, I'm coming to meet with you, God. I don't want to go out of religious duty. I don't want to go out of like, I'm trying to raise my kids right so they don't go nuts. I mean, that's fine. I think you should try to raise your kids right so they don't go nuts. But, but I, I actually want to meet with with Jesus, you know? Like I, before I leave my driveway, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to pray little simple things like, God, would you open up my eyes to your presence this morning? God, would you, let me, would you let me be aware of you? And God, would you let my heart be close to you this morning? God, would you let me see you uh, in the room? God, would you let me see you and other people who are coming to the vineyard this morning? Could I hear you in their stories? God, could I connect with your presence? Why? Because I want, I want to come here and give something. And, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about the sermon. Like, sermons are dumb. I want to give something precious to Jesus. And I give sermons, right? Like, I'm asking God to open my eyes because I don't want to be a Pharisee host. Number one, it's not about inviting Jesus into your life. It's about making him the guest of honor. Number two, this is maybe my favorite. In God's kingdom, when Jesus is at the center, the uninvited are welcome. I love this part of the story. This lady was not on the guest list, but there's something about Jesus that people are attracted to, and it's often, it's often folks who are not on anyone's list. Like, like who, who ends up being the true host here? Oh, the lady who's not on anyone's list. Like, who did the real work of making Jesus the guest of honor? The woman who was not on anyone's list. That's, that's who it is. When Jesus is at the center, the uninvited are welcome. And aren't you glad? Even this morning, like lots of folks who are in the room this morning fit that bill. Uh, it's been a pretty consistent vineyard story. 
in our 26 years. A pretty consistent vineyard story, and this, is good, this could either be good news for some of us or bad, okay, so get ready. But like maybe the most consistent vineyard story in 26 years is this. Uh, if, you're, if you're not on many people's lists, if you're kind of a weirdo, if you've ever been a loser, <laughs> if you're odd, if you're quirky, if society doesn't have the perfect spot for you, you probably come here. <laughs> like that's who we are. That is literally who we are. Like in our bones. And aren't you glad there's this story in Luke chapter seven where the uninvited are welcomed? You know, like if there's any place, like this has been such a consistent vineyard story, like over and over again. We, we are just kind of like a ragtag group of B, B minuses, <laughs> D pluses. I mean, some of us in the room are D pluses. I never got better than a D plus in chemistry, you know? I really tried. I tried to learn all the titrations. I just couldn't do it. I was just really bad at that, you know? That's some of us in the room. We're just, we're just like, and aren't you glad that in God's kingdom, when Jesus is at the center, the uninvited are welcomed? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? And, and by the way, as a, as, as a word of, of practicality, not only, not only is this a space where we should come to give something to Jesus and make him the host, like as a church, but also as individuals, but you know, as another maybe note of practicality, like if you come here to the vineyard for any minute or maybe not even the vineyard, go, go, go anywhere where they, they try to make Jesus the center and the guest of honor, get ready. Uh, uninvited people that you would rather not be associated with are going to be around. Like, just get ready, you know? Uh, a few months ago, someone wrote me and said, who's that person at your church, X, Y, Z? I'm like, as a person who's at my church. They were, they were kind of like, wow, that person, go yeah, that person goes to church. And there was, a little, there was a little stream, there was like a little thread of like, not just question, but almost offense in, in the in the interaction, right? And I was thinking, oh, this is, this is who's around Jesus. Like if you, if you want to make, if you want to put Jesus at the center, you're not just centering Jesus, you're centering the uninvited. Like get ready church. Like the more we make Jesus the center, the more the marginal become centered. This is what happens. And so if there's any Simon the Pharisee in you, it's going to come out. Like it's going to come out. One of the invitations in this text is to come to Jesus and make him the guest of honor. But not in a Pharisee way. But in the way this woman does in the scriptures. To make him the center. To bring something to Jesus. The treasure of our lives. And isn't it great that the most broken person in this story is the one with the treasure? Isn't that great as well? Like, like, okay, let's just... See, here's the thing. I actually believe the Bible. Here's the thing. I believe the Bible. The most broken person in the room right now, 
there's a very good chance that the most broken person in the room is the one who has the most precious thing to give to Jesus. That's specific. Let's just universalize it now. Uh, in, in your most broken place, that's where the treasure is. Like, like the strength the strength and the goodness and the perfection of your life given to God is filthy rags. That's what Revelation says. It's all filthy rags. However, the thing that comes from your most broken place is treasure. And it is the scariest thing to own up to that. It's the scariest thing. But aren't you glad that the most broken person in this story is the one with the treasure? Uh, Simon had no treasure to offer. None. And isn't it great that the uninvited guest is the true host? That's the invitation. And here's what I've specifically been thinking about this week. We'll close right here. I've actually been thinking about these two characters all week long. And I, here's what I think. I, I think, I, I actually think these two characters live inside of all of us. I think in every single person in the room right now, there's a Simon the Pharisee and there's an unnamed sinful woman. Here's also what I think. I think, I think Luke is telling us something that's really, like you could meditate on this for a year. Maybe you should, you know? I, I think Luke is giving us this story this morning that when Jesus, when Jesus comes into your house, when he comes into your life, when he comes into your life, these two characters in your life, they're gonna come to the surface. That part of your, that part of your life and heart that's Simon the Pharisee and that part of your life that is sinful, uninvited woman, they, they're going to come to the surface. And we get to choose, we get to choose how we orient ourselves towards Jesus for the rest of our lives. Are we going to be, are we going to be the true host? Or are we going to be Simon the Pharisee? There's our Pharisee self, and then there's our true giving and uninvited self. Let me just break this apart for a second here. There's the noble, respected, capable self. But that part of us often misses the point and it sits in judgment when it should be filled with worship and awe. Can I tell you this? Man, this happens all the time. Like, and this happens not just at church or, or whatever. This happens all the time. There's a part of me that is, that is capable, that is noble, that is respected, and by the way, this is, there's a part of you that's just like this, and it's our, it's our Simon the Pharisee, right? Like, like it's that part of us that, we, that presents well. And, and the, the trouble with that part of us is it often misses the point, and it's filled with judgment when it should be filled with worship and awe. And, and another note about Pharisee judgment this morning. Notice, notice that the judgment this morning, the judgment is about Jesus based upon a judgment about the woman, Simon says, if this guy were a prophet, meaning now he's judging who? He's judging Jesus, but he makes a judgment about Jesus based upon what? A judgment about the woman. This is actually very important. What if, what if all of our judgments about others ended up becoming a judgment we manifest towards God? That's a heavy question. That's a damn heavy question. Like what if, what if the judgment what if my Pharisaic judgment towards others will always end up being manifested eventually in my heart 
as a judgment towards God. That should cause everyone in the room to say, Lord, you must help me. Please help me. That's our Pharisee self. But then there's, our, then there's this other part of our lives. It's, it's, I just call it our uninvited self. And our uninvited self is the weak part of us. And when I say the weak part of us, here's what I actually mean. I mean it's the part of us we're actually ashamed of. There's a, every single person in the room has this other part of you that isn't noble, it isn't capable, uh, it isn't respected. It's actually weak and, and it may be filled with shame, you know, and it can be filled with shame for all kinds of reasons. But that part of you, that's also where the extravagance comes from. There's that part of us that we prefer to keep off the guest list. Never expose, right? Never expose. But here's what I want to tell you, church. That's where the treasure is. That's where the treasure is. We'll wrap here today. Two things. Here's what I think the invitation is. Bring your whole life before Jesus. Bring your whole life before Jesus. Notice the parts that sit in judgment. Like begin to notice. Begin to notice the part of you that's judgmental. Also notice this. Notice the parts of you that you'd rather hide. You know? Uh, the parts of you you'd rather hide. Uh, maybe it's your thoughts or maybe it's some aspect of your past. Maybe there's a, the piece of your story that you'd rather not tell. Man, the very, the very parts that we hide, those are the parts that contain the treasure. The thing that you're most ashamed of is actually the gift to give to Jesus. So number one, just notice those things. Uh, number two, I think the invitation this morning is to, to bring something to Jesus. Keeping God at the center means bringing our treasure to Jesus. And it's probably, it's probably the thing we'd, we'd most prefer to keep off the guest list. That's probably where it's at. Uh, notice, notice those things. Uh, bring something to Jesus. Anything that comes from gratitude. Uh, by the way, uh, worship is no small thing. Like that thing we were doing here this morning is, is no small thing. Like we, we come back to it over and over again at the vineyard. We come back to it. Uh, the singing part, it's not a warm up for the message. It's, it's like the point. It's the whole point. And let me just, let me maybe take two seconds and, and just riff with you for a second about like singing. Like why is singing a big deal? Because singing is always overflow. Yeah, when, when you can't say it and you can't shout it, you'll sing it. This is why all the world's great songs are about finding love and losing love. Because those are the two things that will cause you to feel and know things that are beyond words. This is why, and, and if, you, if you point songs towards Jesus, it's like, it's an amplifier, you know? And you might be thinking, well, I don't particularly feel it. Okay, that's fine. But, but there's also a reverse engineering that happens in sung worship. Because what you sing, you will eventually feel. Like, big deal. Like this worship thing that we do at the video, not a small thing, you know? And it's actually one of the things that can protect us. It can, it can protect us from that... Simon the Pharisee that wants to come up and sit in judgment. It can. Like, so what would I say this morning? I would say, number one, just notice. 
bring your whole life to Jesus and notice those parts of you that are pharisaical and notice the parts of you that you'd rather keep off the guest list. Number two, bring something to Jesus and worship is no small thing. Like that's where the treasure is. And in the very, in, on the very week, on the, in the very week where you feel most disqualified from singing anything affectionate to Jesus, it's the very week you should most bring it. You know, uh, the very week that you have a, 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 like a real bad moment with your spouse and you, you say something you wish you hadn't, that's, that's the week you should really lean into singing. And on the very week that you do something super boneheaded, maybe, maybe you like, maybe you had a, 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 a real like string of boneheaded things and maybe, maybe you lost your job or maybe you, maybe you ended up in a position you didn't think you ever would. Those are the moments to most lean into it because that's where the treasure is. Mm. Lord Jesus, it is good to be in your presence. Hey, if you're on the worship band this morning, why don't you come up? We, just, we should just sing to the Lord this morning. Can we sing that Leland song again? again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.